And we are back. Chargers Powder Hour, episode number 20. It's the 20th episode. Holy cow. Holy shit, that went fast. Holy shit. Yes, it did, man. And we're, we're back after a little hiatus. How you doing, man? Oh, I've been doing good. Yeah, I know. We were... We haven't done a great job recently, but, you know, it's definitely a down season for football. You know, free agency's over. Camp hasn't started. Both you and I were moving to different towns. You were moving from Lincoln to Omaha. I was moving to Lincoln. So I moved to Lincoln, and you move away from Lincoln. So thanks a lot for that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I've been good, you know, just kind of living it up. It's summertime in the Midwest. Can't complain. So, Yes, sir. Yeah, it's uh, – hey, I mean – Everyone needs a summer break, right? There's even the players right now are on break, and a lot of the a lot of the beat writers are you know on vacation. Um, it's just that that time of year where you know football is kind of paused for the moment. But the good news is it is going to be picking up here pretty soon. And uh, I also just want the audience to know that I am recording this right now with COVID, so. I don't want to say this is going to be my Michael Jordan flu game, but that's what we're up against. And uh, I'm fucking knocking it out of the park right now as we speak. I mean, you got you've got COVID over there, and I'm I'm recording this after absolutely mashing down some vodka crayons last night. So I don't know which one is worse, but hey, well, we're here. So I just wanted to say that because if I sound like my nose has been pinched for this entire episode you guys know why um got the congestion going on but like i said michael jordan flu game baby we're, we're fighting through it and uh we're gonna deliver deliver a great episode today yes sir let's do it all right well start us off real quick uh we have a icebreaker do you want to do you want to let us know what it is yeah so this was colin's idea just to give you some credit also are you are you drinking anything right now? I am not. I've been drinking, uh, well, just because I have COVID, I've been drinking a bunch of water, some Pedialyte, and uh, some Coca-Cola. So, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, I, no. As I mentioned, I had quite the night out on the town in downtown Lincoln last night, so I'm sticking with the good old trusty water for the day. Um, bad day to be a water here in Lincoln, Nebraska. But um, bad day to be a water. If you're, <laughs> it, but um, if you're so on this our, podcast, it's a bad day to be a water. Exactly, exactly. So, um, our question that we're gonna that we're going to, to uh, start this episode off with is, what is our favorite summertime drinks? So, with that, this was Colin's idea, his question. But with that, I'll let you. I'll let you start since I asked it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go-to summertime drink, favorite summertime drink. Um, you know, as the seasons change, you got to have, got to mix it up. You got to have something that uh, accents the season. So my go-to, I, I want to do it this way, and you don't have to do it this way. I just, I thought of both sides of it. Um, so my favorite go-to beer in the summertime, at least this summer, it's been the Sam Adams Summer Ale. Have you Have you tried that? I don't know that I have. I don't know oh. that I've really given Sam Adams much of a taste personally. I need to, though. Well, it's great. I mean, Boston Lager is great. Um, yeah, that's like the the super popular one. 
But yeah, dude, they're summer, and they have a couple different flavors. They have like a lemon one, which is the one that I'm referring to. It's so tasty. And then they also have a, oh God, it's like a, I'm blanking on the, the flavor. Wow. It, it's, it's really good though. I think they, they must have like a summer pack out with a couple different flavors, but oh my gosh, dude, I've, I've had them at a few different uh, summer outings uh, at the ball game and, and, and uh, just at a few barbecues and yeah, dude, they're so, so delicious. So highly recommend going and picking one up. My go-to cocktail, summer cocktail, just a good old-fashioned margarita on the rocks. I don't do blended. You got to have salt on the rim. like that. That's just got to have it with uh, a really fresh lime to go with it. Uh, just can't beat it, man. They're tasty. They're great. I could have five of them. Uh, sometimes I do, and it's uh, I, I regret it the next day, but... Yeah, man, I, I'm just I'm keeping it simple, and I'm actually going to Mexico here in like ten days. So, super excited for that because I'll be having some bomb ass margaritas down there. Hell yeah, dude, I love it. So for me personally, I'm also gonna go kind of a route similar. I'm gonna go with alcoholic and non-alcoholic probably, but for my alcoholic, I mean, as much as I want to say like an ice cold Coors or a Rona with a lime lately high noons have just been hitting different, man. Like they just, they go down like water and there's no flavor. Like I'm not a big seltzer guy, which I guess high noons aren't technically a seltzer because it's what, what's, no, what's it's, the difference? It's like vodka or something, right? Yeah. They have like uh hard alcohol in them. So it's not a seltzer, but yeah, but like dude, yeah, they, 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 like, are great. I would put them in like in the similar category though for some reason just because they kind of got a little bit of that carbonation in there a little bit. But um, it's the skinny can, exactly. Yeah, the skinny can gets me. So I do love myself some high noons. Not again. I don't like seltzer. Well, I guess I guess if we're not calling it seltzers, then it doesn't matter. But I have been pounding some high noons lately. Um, I just wish they weren't so damn expensive, man. I mean, an eight rack is like. 18 bucks and that's ridiculous <laughs> that's so funny uh i was literally gonna bring i was gonna bring something up about that dude yes i uh i've only had him once this summer because of that every time i go in and i see him at like the gas station uh or i was at the golf course the other day and uh you know went into the the clubhouse before we went out for the round and i was like i saw him and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna get some and then i was like oh shit i'm not gonna pay ten dollars for one like yeah. It's fucking insane, bro. No, it's it's ridiculous. And like as a college kid, like especially during the summertime, an eight rack, that lasts me maybe two hours on a good day. You know, like <laughs> I'm pounding those things, especially <laughs> I'm playing beer darts or something, and they just go down like water. And then I don't remember the rest of the night. But yeah, they go down too smooth for it to only one, they need to come up with something bigger than an eight rack. We need at least 12 racks of them. Or I think, is yeah. there 12 racks out there? There might be, but I've only seen eight around here. Yeah, so my my go to move this summer is if someone's ever offered me a drink at all, and there's high noon at the point, I'm like, I'm like yeah, give me high noon. Yeah, good call. Yeah, so you just, yeah, you know, yeah. If you're offering, yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, I'm gonna go with high noon for mine. Just that's kind of recency bias. If you would have asked me this a few months ago, probably would have went Rona with a lime, which I still can't beat. Still love myself a Rona with a lime, but I'm gonna go. 
uh, nooner for right now. I'm non-alcoholic for me. I'm a big half and half guy. Sweet tea and lemonade can't be beat. So I'm going to go with half and half sweet tea lemonade as my non-alcoholic drink. I did think about a non-alcoholic option and this is just honorable mention, but I'm going iced coffee all day, baby. Uh, nope, not for me. Yeah, I'm a huge coffee guy, but iced coffee in the summer just hits differently. Because I do, I do get like you know, warm, warm coffee in the in the winter and the fall and all that stuff. But good stuff, man. Um, so today we have, I I don't know. I mean, I'm bittersweet about this episode. We're doing an AFC West preview for all the listeners out there that uh, don't know. So uh, over the next three episodes, we'll be covering every AFC West team. And we'll be going over kind of head to toe, um, you know, the off season additions and and you know how we think their season is going to shake out. And today we are starting with a team that I have so much hate and disdain for that I don't even like really talking about them or even mentioning their name. So this is a very bittersweet episode because I know we're going to do it justice. But at the same time, we're going to be spending most of the time talking about this shithole of an organization. Yeah, fair. I tend to put it any better. So so with that being said... Yeah, that's all I got for you, but... We're going to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders today and why they are going to finish fourth in the AFC West in 2022. Yeah, so we're going to kind of be doing these. We're going to go through our rankings. You guys will give you our number three, who we think will finish third next episode. We're going to keep that a secret until then. But so we both, Colin and I agree, we both had pretty, we both had very consensus rankings on who we thought was going to finish where in the division. And we both agreed that the Raiders would be the fourth team in this division. And let's get into that. So. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty simple, right? I mean, Look, as much as I hate the Raiders, I mean they did, they did get a little bit better this off season. So I, I mean, I want to start it out by saying, for me, it's the elevation of the other three teams in the division, and not so much that I mean, don't get me wrong, this isn't the Raiders team of five or six years ago where it's just complete trash. I mean, I mean they're still not going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to be a, they're not going to have a top. 10 draft pick next year no definitely not they're definitely a middle i think that they're more of a middle of the pack team i don't know i don't know about the take of them not making the playoffs because honestly in this division i could see all four teams making the playoffs especially with that extra playoff spot so i won't go as far as to say that i okay well i'll phrase it this way more would have to go right for them than any other team in the division for them to make the playoffs 100 percent correct so i wouldn't go as far as to say that they're definitely not making the playoffs but yeah, I, I think that they have the smallest chance of making the playoffs out of anyone else in the division. Yeah, so, all right. I want to start off with going over the uh, the coaching, the staff changes, because really, I mean, the Raiders cleaned house this offseason, and it started with, technically it started with the general manager. Um, as we all know, Mike Mayock fired and is out as GM of the Raiders. They brought in Dave Ziegler. Don't really know who that is. Uh, haven't done my research on him, but he's the new Raiders GM. 
And with that, the uh, so it must yeah, it, it definitely was him that hired the uh, or no, it was probably probably Mark Davis. But uh, with that, there was a new head coach. There is a new head coach in town, Josh McDaniels, coming over from the New England Patriots, longtime New England Patriot offense coordinator. Has spent some time in the AFC West with his short-lived tenure with the Broncos back in the late 2000s. Yeah, that sounds correct. But he's back, and he's going to be coaching the Raiders. Uh, interesting. So first thoughts. When I first saw that McDaniels was coming to Vegas, my first thought was, I mean, I didn't love it, but I also immediately thought back to how the last time went around for McDaniels and, and don't get me wrong. I know. I mean, he, he's, I think anyone that gets that first head coaching experience out of the way and then gets is lucky enough to get a second opportunity. You know, I think they make the most of it. So I think he's going to be better. Uh, trying to think of that roster that he had in Denver. I think, I mean, he's going to have a more talented roster in Vegas and I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, Overall, do I think the head coach position really changes a team like the Raiders? Like, does it does that like strengthen them as a team? I don't know. I mean, Brandon Staley came in last year and did a great job, but I mean, we still it wasn't enough for us to get in the playoffs. I mean, he definitely put us in a position to. So we'll see how how McDaniel's does. What are your, what are your uh, thoughts on McDaniel's being the head coach? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't – I wouldn't go as far. It definitely was not like a head-scratcher of a hire, but it's nothing that like – it's not. I'm not scared about it at all, you know. He's not somebody that like when the Raiders hired him, I'm like, oh, shit, like we're screwed. Like they just got like this absolute wizard who's going to take this program to the next level. Um, It's yeah. just kind of a – it's just like a hire. I don't know. I don't really know. I don't have many thoughts over it because it doesn't really – I don't really care that much. Like it's well, – I should say that. I care. But like you, – You said something that made me just kind of think for a second. So you said it, it wasn't like a home run hire. And there is truth to that because like I remember when the Chiefs hired Andy Reid and how I felt then because that was totally like – and he did – he was the difference. He, he was the, the – the one guy in the building that like got them over the hump and you know, he took Alex Smith led teams and they won the division for a couple of years in a row there. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, technically a head coach can, but it has to be the top 1% of coaches. We're talking the Andy Reeds, the Bill Belichick's, the John Harbaugh's, the uh, John Payton's like, yeah, like the, the top one percent of, of of coaches can come in and and make some drastic changes and, and turnarounds, but I don't see McDaniel's as that guy. Like for a good example, um, there's been some just weird, random ass rumors flying around of Sean Payton's interest with landing in L.A. with the Chargers. Obviously, that's dumb. Brandon Staley is one of the coldest seats in the entire NFL right now. Going into his second year, he's got a lot to prove. He's put together this roster to his liking, but, um, like if they were to get a guy like Sean Payton, then like a mastermind like that, then that would be somebody that I would kind all of, board. yeah, that would be Sean that I would be, yeah, we're definitely not getting Sean Payton. I'm team Brandon Staley, but like, so 
to just to back that up a little bit, um, I did pull up 20, 2009 and 2010 Broncos last time that McDaniels was a head coach. They finished eight and eight in 2009, second in the division. Uh, that was back when they had like Kyle Orton quarterback, Brandon Marshall receiver, Eddie Royal, who was kind of a baller in the Chargers, by the way, um, receiver, and then dudes like Elvis Dumervold, Champ Bailey. But then the next season, 2010, they finished four and 12. So, again, like some dude that has this little of head coaching experience and had a combined record of what, 12 and 20, like that doesn't, that doesn't strike fear deep into the bowels of my skin. No, and it shouldn't. It it, it shouldn't. I mean, is he a good offense? Is he a good offense coordinator? Yes. Um, There's still not, the evidence still isn't there that he's a good head coach. And yeah, you're right. I mean, two seasons, 12 and 20, one of them, you started out six and zero, and then finished eight and eight. So really, I mean, if you take the last, you know, 12 weeks of that first, that first year, and then the next 16 of the second, like it, it was really, really bad. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I was drinking some water, but, um, I know you're good. Um, yeah, for sure though. I mean, it's, Again, they could. I could totally eat my words, and he could come out, and the Raiders could go and win five straight Super Bowls in a row, and he could be the greatest head coach that we've seen since Belichick's prime, which will Stop not happen. No, I it. no. I'm saying that's obviously not going to happen. But I'm saying I don't. With how little of head coaching experience he has, and the fact that he's 12 and 20 overall with the Broncos, like. Good for them. I'm not saying I don't think it was a bad hire for him necessarily, but it's just it's nothing that I'm really thinking too much about. So I will say the I will say this though. I think he elevates Derek Carr to a degree. To a degree. I want to be very, very clear on that because I still don't think Derek Carr is elite. I mean, is he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's not he's serviceable. He's uh I would even go as Maybe more than serviceable. I would even go a little bit further and say he's more than just serviceable. He's good. He's not great. People are idiots who think that he's like top eight, though. He's not a top eight quarterback. No, I think he's top 12. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't put him in my top 10 personally, but that's just me. But he's probably fringe. He's probably sitting there at that 11 or 12 range. Right. Yeah. That's, I think that's a good landing spot. I think, I think maybe McDaniels gets him a hair inside the top 10 over the next, two or three seasons. Um, but again, it's not, a, it's not a massive jump. It may not even be a, a very recognizable one. If he's already sitting at 11 ish, 12 and you're talking about maybe moving to nine, like, you know, it's not a huge, it might, it might not even be that recognizable just from the naked eye, but I think he elevates his numbers a little bit under, you know, or benefiting by having Josh McDaniels there. Um, but next thing, next coach I wanted to talk about is you know the defensive coordinator because obviously with McDaniel's being the head coach, he's going to be the de facto OC as well. So really, a big emphasis on this defensive coordinator, um, and it's Patrick Graham, a guy I've never really heard of. He's been a longtime assistant under Belichick. Um, I think he was previously just in New York under Joe Judge. So. He's a Patriots guy. Um, it's no surprise why a guy like Josh McDaniels, you know, would offer a guy like Patrick Graham a job. 
He comes from the Patriots system. He knows him. He's familiar with him. And, um, yeah, that's about all I know about him. Oh, I mean, we can go into scheme uh, here in a second, too, because I do have that. But, I mean, what what are your thoughts on, on Patrick Graham? Honestly, you saying his name is the first time I've ever heard that name in my entire life, if I'm being quite honest. So, I – yeah. I mean, like, I didn't really know who it was until today either. So, I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit about the Raiders enough to know who, who all they're hiring within their, within their staff or whatnot. So, I mean, good for them, I guess. But it's nothing that's, it's nothing that I'm going to lose sleep over. Yeah, no, um, it's just a big question mark. Is all it is. I mean, that that's how I see it. They obviously. You know, and we'll we'll talk about this in a second here when we get to the defensive side of the ball. But they they lost some guys. They also brought in some guys, so more of a canceling out thing, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. Where I'm curious to see is, I mean, so going back into scheme here, um, it's funny because in either in in press or media sessions or interviews, um. You know, he's Patrick Graham has, has actually said that he's a multiple defensive guy, which means he he likes to mix up his scheme a lot. I think is pretty much what he was getting at. But you know, once people broke down the film, they they noticed that he's primarily a three four defensive guy, and you know he likes you know likes his linebackers to to double as both coverage players and pass rushers, um, and even when he puts their defense out there. And their nickel, you know, he's primarily using outside backers that stand up in a two-point stance. So, you know, it's very unlike Belichick in that way. You know, he, he prefers zone over man coverage. And, you know, he'll, he'll mix in some cover three. He'll mix in some cover six. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's different than the, the scheme Gus Bradley ran for sure. And I think, you know... Chargers fans should know this. I mean, there are, and I think they they might have lost a few over the, the off season, but there's there's a decent amount of former Chargers on that on that defense. And if we learned anything under Brandon Staley's first year, it's that those players that were in the Gus Bradley regime and that followed Bradley to stay in that scheme and and, and flourish in that scheme. Um, and they're still on the Raiders. I mean, this is this could be a major shakeup for those guys. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, that is one thing I did want to touch on. Um, I'm happy that you brought up scheme. I just don't think, I don't know, this may be getting off track, and this might be something that we'll have to come to later, but I just don't think that this defense has great personnel outside of two really good edge rushers and – so I just I don't think for them I mean yeah it's gonna be a change it's gonna be different to see a different scheme there in Vegas but it's not gonna like make me I'm not too worried about it just because like you need you need correct players to run a correct scheme and I just don't think that the Raiders have enough players to really run any scheme effectively on that defense so they'll definitely have the edge um, so they'll be able to set the edge in the three in the, in the three four but. Um... And I'm talking about Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones, but no, I mean going back to those Charger players, and, and I have to look them up real quick. Who's or maybe you, did you see? Because you looked at the roster. Um, 
what former Chargers are still on the Raiders roster. All right, so... that those are going to be the guys I'm looking at directly. That Mike, you guys might take a step back this year because I mean that's what we saw from players on our roster last year when we switched over to the three four. You know, I it's just something to to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they still got dudes. I guess they lost a decent amount of those former Chargers in the offseason. Well, Kyler Kyler Fackrell is now a Charger. Yes, correct. But, well, they still got Denzel Perryman. And they still have DP. Tyron Johnson, but he's on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Who else is on here? Well, see, I was thinking Fashion, which I can never say his name correctly, but he signed with the Colts this offseason. Yeah, I think they did shed a decent amount as I'm going, as I'm scrolling through the roster right now. um, You did say Phylon's no longer on the team, correct? Or they haven't. Yeah. What's that's, that's actually pretty amazing. The only uh, remaining chargers now on the Raiders would be Denzel Perriman, Tyron Johnson, um, and Kyler Fackrell. So they did shed a decent amount and that's, that's wise on the Raiders part. I mean, once Gus Bradley left town, those, a lot of those guys, you know, just weren't going to fit into the new scheme. Yeah, hundred percent. So good, good for them, I guess. But it's gonna be kind of nice to watch games against. Oh, Roderick Teamer. Oh yeah, he's still there. Roderick Teamer, right. but like, and oh my God, Damian Square. Oh, they didn't bring him back though, but he was on the team last year. Yeah. Um. Okay, there was a lot more than I actually thought there was. I knew there was quite a few. But Damian no. Square is the one that he played for the Raiders against the Bengals, and then somehow like signed with the Bengals a week later. So like, well, he's not on any team right now. So yeah, but I just that that was amazing. Oh yeah, for sure. But so yeah, kind of it'll be kind of refreshing, I guess, to watch Chargers versus Raiders this year and not recognize literally everybody on their defense because they're all just former Chargers who were too big of scrubs to make it in L.A. So, For sure. Be- and let's never forget um, my Twitter battle, my Twitter beef with Casey Hayward after the season. Um, it's on my personal account, but <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I'm just hoping that maybe for some way God will shed light down to us and Jerry Tiller will sign with the Raiders. Let's just hope that let's just <laughs> that into existence, please. Right. All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for the coaching side of things. Uh, let's move on to let's move on to the offensive side of the ball. So, focusing on offense, um, let's talk. Let's talk departures first, and then and then we'll go into into the additions. So, uh, who who are we looking at that? Uh, or, you know, key guys that are, are no longer here on the offense side of the ball. So a few names that are a few bigger names that I could come up with. Brian Edwards, the receiver from South Carolina that they drafted a few years ago. He was, did you say he was traded or was he free agent? He was traded, wasn't he? No, he was a free agent. He was a free agent. But uh, he just signed with the Falcons. So we no longer have to worry about Brian Edwards as if I was ever worrying about him before. No, he was traded, I think, but you're Yeah, right. you're right. He was traded cuz he was only in his second year. 
Oh yeah, he they got like that sixth round or fifth round or something out of him. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So he was traded to the Falcons. Um, Zay Jones signed that massively overpaid contract with the Jaguars. So no longer have to worry about Zay Jones. And outside of that, Marcus Mariota. Oh yeah, you're right, Marcus Mariota. Who I didn't even think of because he was more of a. I mean, he he was a backup, but they kind of use him as a gadget guy. I was watching a few plays from that last game of the season, and they ran a few, like, option or RPOs with him. Every once in a while, they'd bring him in. So I guess he would be a name to know, but he also signed with the Falcons. So actually, technically, it's so former Chargers players ended up signing with the Raiders. I guess former Raiders players are signing with the Falcons now. I guess that's just kind of how it goes patterns exactly so but outside of that i haven't really looked too much into their line from last year but i can't i nobody comes off the top of my head that they've lost i know that they still have alex leatherwood thank god um um, and other than that yeah so just a few names in the receiver room nothing massive but they may have lost that in the receiver room but they definitely got a lot better this offseason in the receiving room with the signing of probably the greatest wide receiver in the NFL right now, Dante no. Adams. Can I say something? What? Before... You're, you're going to tell me that Devontae Adams isn't the best receiver in the NFL? Come on. No, I really don't think he is. Who's better? Who's better? Uh, um, give, when a healthy, like when he's healthy at the top of his game, I, I'll take D-Hop over, over uh, Devontae. But we haven't seen that D-hop in years now. And he's going to be suspended, so that sucks. But, I mean, I'd also – I mean, let me think about it. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Devontae is right up there. I, I just – he's probably – he's probably, like, number two. I, um, I, I think – I can't think of a consensus, number one, but I just it, – it, my point is, like, when I'm trying to think of, of the top consensus wide receiver, it's it's not Devontae Adams for me. I, I get that it is for a lot of people, but I've actually I never felt that way. What Maybe I should have is Packers Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, but I think it's going to be kind of a rude awakening for him when he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball any longer. See, that's the thing is, like, to me, he's the same player as Keenan Allen. He's a little bit taller and lankier, but, like, Aaron Rodgers force-fed him the football for years. Like, force-fed him. Fair. Yeah. And so, I mean, I mean, not that Derek Carr won't, because it's like, fuck. I mean, if you got Devontae Adams, like, fuck it. Devontae down there somewhere. Yeah, I get it. But overall, I mean, I guess we pretty much covered everyone that was leaving and everyone that they – I don't think – did they add any more offensive players that I can think of off the top of my head? Uh, or so they added Amir Abdullah to help out with the running game. Okay, but like – Go okay, Big Red. Yeah. Yep, go Big Red, baby. Even though, fuck you, Big Red, for being a Raider. But, hey, it's all right. But I don't think that they really made any other huge splash signings on the offensive side of the ball. Not that I can think of anyway. I'm I'm going through their roster currently, but nobody that oh Demarcus Robinson 
What was he on last year? Go to their depth chart. Yeah, no, Demarcus Robinson. So they picked him up. He was the receiver for the Chiefs for a few years. Somebody that I guess should be named. Um, He was the receiver from the Dolphins. Here are the – oh, Keelan Cole. They had to Keelan Cole. Cole. Yep. So, all right, here are the receivers that they're taking into camp, and they'll probably have to narrow it down to about five, maybe six. They're taking Devontae Adams, Keelan Cole, Justin Hall, Mac Hollins, Tyron T. Billy Johnson, Hunter Renfro, Demarcus Robinson, Dylan Stoner, DJ Turner, Jordan Beasy. So any names there that really stick out or that are surprising or anyone other well, than just, Adams or Hunter Renfro that we should be concerned of? Right now, I think their top four is set in stone with uh, Devontae, Keelan, Renfro, and Demarcus Robinson. Okay. And then Tyron Johnson probably cracks the roster if he can find that fifth spot. It, it depends if they keep five or six. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he, he has a chance to make it. I don't know who some of these other guys are. Dylan Stoner. I want to say he, was he a Patriot at one point? Stoner. Um, I don't know. I've heard the name before. That's, that just sounds like a Patriot name. But, uh, I think Dylan Stoner and Josh Gordon might be pretty good friends, but, uh, wow. That's funny that I, that was not even my first instinct. Wow. Oh, um, okay. I know this kid actually. Dylan Stoner. Um, no, he's like. You went to grade school with him? No, I don't know him that well, but I do know he went, he played wide receiver at Oklahoma State. And so he's in like his second year. But mm-hmm. I actually know one of my like cousins is like friends with him for some reason. I'm not yeah, even funny. right now. So it's actually kind of funny that we are talking about this right now. That's why, <laughs> that's why I recognize that name. That's hilarious. But yeah. So, no, he's definitely nobody to be concerned of, though. But I believe he's going yeah. into his second year now. Yeah, that's what it says here. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, obviously, the biggest threats still are going to be Devontae and Renfro. Keelan Cole, is, is he going to be their burner? I don't even know, honestly. Is he fast? Let me pull up his profile here real quick. Keelan Cole Jones was probably a much more complete receiver. Didn't he come from Jacksonville? Yes, Keelan Cole yep. was. No, yep. Keelan Cole was on Jacksonville, and then oh, I he was a Jet team. Yeah, and then he went to the Jets, and now he is on the Raiders. So, so yeah, I don't know too much about Keelan Cole. I had him in fantasy a few years ago. That's all, that's about all I got for you on Keelan Cole. Um, he was decent when he had. All right. Well, he ran a four three three forty. Yeah. So he's going to be their burner. Yeah, probably. But still, not. He's not like a Tyree Kill kind of burner. But no. But I mean, more speed on that offense can't hurt. Um. So yeah. Uh, let's talk big picture offense. I mean, what? And we'll just sum it up with saying, like, across all metrics, consensus, like, um, consensus, what, where do you think this offense ranks at the end of the year? Is it a top 15 offense? Is it a top 10 offense? 
Um, do you think they struggle? Where do you think they end up? And, and how do you think the season goes for the offense, like in a nutshell? Oh, realistically, I think that this can be a top 10 offense. On paper, it is. Um, Carr's definitely not going to hold them. I don't want to say he's going to hold them back. Carr's just – he's Derek Carr. Like, we know – we know what well, you kind of know what you're going to get with Derek Carr. Um, yep. So, I wouldn't say that he's going to hold them back, but he's definitely not anybody that I would expect, like, to flourish way more just because – he's going to be better, especially this year. Because he's got, he's going to have a new offensive-minded coach whose scheme might fit him well. Might again, but I think that he would be able to get some out of Derek Carr. And now he's throwing to Devonte Adams, also along with. I mean, we we haven't even talked about dudes like Darren Waller or Foster Moreau. I mean, yep, they're a very good offense. Do not get me wrong. I think the down the downside of this whole team is on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively. The line's not great. I mean, Colton Miller took a massive step forward last year. I will say that. But like like I mentioned before, thank God they still have Alex Leatherwood because that dude is ass. And he was just – I think it's funny because he's one of those like Raiders picks and he never panned out and that just makes me laugh. But I don't know. I think that offensively they're definitely a top 10 offense. Um, but, again, new scheme fit. Um, we'll just have to see how it goes, but on paper, they're definitely the talents there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're a top 10 offense. I think they will be middle of the pack or a little bit better because I'm thinking, and the reason I say that, that's so funny that you said, I don't know if Derek Carr, Derek Carr holds him back. I think he does in the sense of you got to put points on the board and you have to put points on the board in this division. Like that's, that's apparent. I mean, and if there's one thing that Carr has repeatedly been criticized for, it's, you know, putting up field goals instead of touchdowns. And, yeah, it, it might have won you the game week 18, hardy har har, but this is a brand new AFC West. It's a brand new AFC, really. I mean, I mean, with so much shit, so much movement this offseason – um, the landscape is, is really almost entirely different than it was just at the end of, of this last season. So you got to be able to put up points. You got to be able to score touchdowns. And if you're Derek Carr, you know, you can't always get bailed out by the fucking refs, dude. I, I'm sorry, but like this guy more than fuck. I mean, the only one that I think is, is maybe like gotten bailed out more is Tom fucking Brady, which like I get it. He's a fucking goat. He's going to get some calls. He's going to get fucking, you know, whatever. That's that's like the, the goat treatment. But, like, why the hell is Derek Carr getting that shit? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen some questionable calls. The one that really stands out to me was the shit. Who was it on? I think it was on Chris Harris, the PI in the end zone last year, where the ball was on the other side of the end zone, and the, he still pushed the defender down because he's an idiot, but, like, the ball was on the other side of the end zone, so it – yeah, it's, I mean, it's shit like that where it's like, yeah. even if he like turns some of those drag, those bailout drives into touchdowns, like it doesn't tell the whole story of, you know, what I like, and I know that's the game of football. It's going to happen to us. And it, like, we'll be, you know, we'll get bailed out by it a few times, but I, it just seems like with him, um, that's been a theme of his. So 
if I mean if, if he can do all that, if he can figure out a way to, to put more touchdowns on the board, there's no excuse not to now with the weapons that you have and have had. Yeah, I think they could be a top ten defense, but I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna stay outside of the top ten for now. Gotcha. Love the take. And we're not here to bitch about refs, by the way. I mean, we've had some calls in the past that have helped us out. Every team has. But yeah, Derek Carr's I don't know. Derek Carr's kind of a little bitch, if I'm being honest. Like little bitch. He is kinda. So but yeah. Um offensively is definitely their strong suit. But uh defensively, let's get into that. Defense. D defense. All right. <laughs> um so we let's go with the let's just start off with the additions. Fuck it. We don't we don't need to worry about who left. Um even though there were some decent names that left, but with the scheme change scheme change, it doesn't really matter. Um all right. On the d- defense side of the ball. You got yeah. this? Yeah, I can get him. All right. So one name that did leave just because it's important, big name, Yannick Ngoc Ngoc Ooh, God. Yannick Ngakway. Yannick Ngakway. Or Ngakway. Ngakway. Yeah, I got it. It just took me a second. But Yannick Nick Oh my God. Yannick um was traded to the Colts in exchange <laughs> for Rock Yassin, who's the cornerback. Um, went to Temple. Don't really know a ton about him. Nobody to really he's be. A, you, he's you said a, the word serviceable earlier. He's yeah. a serviceable cornerback. Yeah, he's not bad. He's he's mid. Let's go there. He's mid. There you go. He's mid. Um, so that's really the only other than people that we've already mentioned. Those former Chargers. It's really the only big departure. But yeah. but their defensive line definitely got better. Well, well, they lost Casey Hayward, and I, well, I still, as much beef as I have with Casey Hayward now, like I still have to admit he's still a top ten corner in the league. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. You don't think he is? No, I don't think he's top fifteen. Ooh, not anymore. He used to when he was in his prime with the Chargers. He was a he top- had a decent year last year. Yeah, he wasn't bad on paper, but he was pretty washed the years before that. So okay. yeah, he had a little Maybe, bit you, you might be able to convince me he's not top ten. You won't be able to convince me he's not top fifteen. I would put him right at about fifteen for me. But I don't know. Okay, but yes, they did lose Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward is also a Falcon. So like I mentioned before, Raiders players just go to the Falcons, I guess. But they did add Chandler Jones in the offseason. So that's yeah. huge for them. That's definitely the one part of that defense that scares me. Is Chandler Jones off one side and Max Crosby off the other side? Yeah, and and going back to the scheme part uh, that we were talking about, you know, now that I've done some more research on Patrick Graham, the defense coordinator, this move is making a lot more sense, at least to me. Um, you know, they want two edges that are really going to be just dominant, bold pass rushers off the edge, and that that speaks more to Chandler Jones than I think it does. And Gawkey's still very respectable. Um, but I, I think they upgraded in that sense, so you know they they have they they solved that piece of the scheme. Um, don't know who their nose starting nose tackle is going to be, but that is a very prime position in that scheme. So if they can solve that, um, you know, 
and this is where I'm, I'm just so happy that we're, we're Chargers fans because, like, looking at what Staley and, and company did to bolster our defensive line, I mean, it's a similar scheme that we're running. I, I, I just think Staley prefer, prefers more man than the zone that uh, Patrick Graham seems to like to play. Um, but, yeah, now they have those two edge edge pieces there. And, um, yeah, I think they're going to be – a serviceable defense. I looking at the back end here, um, their defensive backs, like you mentioned, Rocky Sin. Um, he's serviceable, but let me pull it up here. Gosh dang it. I accidentally is, refreshed. Is Rock Yassin a top 10 name in the NFL? Oh, okay. So they have, well, they have a couple, they have a couple decent corners um they're gonna have a little bit of depth here because they got rocky sin they got trayvon mullen they got nate hobbs who really came on at the end of last year um slot corner amick robertson he was a great pick uh they got him in like the fourth round a few years ago he was one of the steals of the draft who? Oh, Amick Robertson. Amick Robertson. He's definitely showed some flashes. And Nate Hobbs was a guy that played really, really well as a rookie last year. Uh, I he, just was said him. Few, he was Damn in a it. few people's sleeper defensive rookie of the year conversations. So, you know, their, their defensive backs aren't looking as bad. The safeties, Jonathan Abram is not very good. But nope. I mean, he's serviceable. He's mid. They they declined the fifth year option on him and Cleveland Farrell, so they will not be Raiders next year. Nope. So, and then going to the linebackers. I mean, Denzel Perryman. I think he led the league in tackles last year. But outside of that, there's just not a ton there. I don't. It's think. just not very deep. Um, they they have some top. They have some very good starters and some very serviceable starters. That my, my issue with this defense is, if they get a little banged up, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, their secondary is is okay to good, but that's with everyone with all hands on deck, right? So you lose a, a Nate Hobbs, a Trayvon Mullen, or you know uh, Rocky Sin. Now all of a sudden you're you're pretty thin there. Um, when it comes to linebackers, yeah, you got Denzel Perriman, solid starter. Um, and then I'm looking here, Kyler Fackrell, you know, he, he's, he's hit or miss. He's a scrappy player, but he's not a starter by any means. And let's see here. Yeah. Kenny Young, Luke Masterson, Micah Kaiser, Divine Diablo, Darian Butler. Just not a lot of flash names really outside of Denzel Perriman. So not very deep there. As we know, their offensive line is not very deep and not very good. Yeah. They're just not very, I don't know. There's not a very deep, especially defensively, defensively and offensive line, defensively outside of the DNs. I mean, if Crosby or Chandler Jones gets banged up whatsoever, that defense automatically goes from maybe a borderline 
top 15 defense. No, I wouldn't go that high. They're probably – I would probably sit them around 20 right now, but they go from there to high 20s quick. So Yeah, and, like, think about how that can drastically fuck up the scheme. You know, if you lose Max Crosby for – let's not even say the whole season. Let's just say, like, eight weeks. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I want to – oh, one thing I do want to pull up real quick. I want to pull up their strength schedule. Um, so do you think – I asked this, but I don't know if you heard me. You think Rocky Yassin is a top 10 name in the NFL? Top 10, like just like name, like – Like name. First, name, first name, last name? Yeah, like it's cool. Rocky Yassin. Yeah, it sounds like a uh... – Sounds like an alternative, like rock star name. Sounds like a band. Yeah, or, or yeah, or you know, it sounds like a bass player for like a like a nineties rock band. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, it's a cool name. Oh, right. Ra- Raiders rank number seven on the strength of schedule list in twenty twenty two. Okay. So, let's see here. Now, now I need to pull up their schedule. Now I also need to look at Chargers' strength of schedule because I honestly haven't looked at anybody's strength of schedule for this year. Damn, we're so unprepared. <laughs> hey, this is why we have the internet. Exactly. Okay, this is according to a website called Eat, Drink, Sleep, Football. But yeah, it's the same. It's the same rankings. Um, Chiefs at five, Raiders at seven. You love to see that. Chargers at ten. So, are you saying like top ten means hardest, or is that easiest? Uh, if you're the uh, the one strength of schedule, then that's the hardest. Okay, gotcha. So I don't know if it's easy schedule. Like the Washington Commanders have the thirty first. Um, I don't know why it's only thirty one. But they're thirty first. Oh, there's tied for thirty first. Cowboys and and Redskins. That's why. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then the Broncos are fifteen. So all the AFC West teams are in the top fifteen when it comes to strength of schedule. But the Chiefs and the Raiders are going to get hit the hardest by it. And I mean, that's also you got to expect that when we're playing the NFC West as our as our NFC conference this year. So. Yeah, yeah, and so now I'm going to look at the Raiders' actual schedule. 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 Should we do some predictions? Should we do some schedule predictions real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Why not? All right, so they open the season against us, and they're taking a fat L. That, like a, no like, debate. Not even like a fat L. Like, it's going to be – oh, it's going to be bloody. And then the – Cardinals travel to Vegas. Kyler Murray is going to dice them up. And then they travel to Tennessee. Yeah, this is a shitty fucking schedule. Um, All right, well, let's go game by game. Tell me what you think. Okay, so uh, you think... Week, right, one, we're both... week one, we're, we're both sitting 1-0. Or, okay, I mean, week... we're, we're both sitting 0-1, sorry. Okay. Chargers will be 1-0 after week one. Raiders, 0-1. All right. Cardinals, what are you thinking? I say 0-2. 0-2. Okay. 
I'm also thinking 0-2. No, you know what? I'm going to chalk that up for a win for the Raiders. I don't think the Cardinals have a very... Outside of a few weapons, the Cardinals are pretty bad. Plus, that all will be during D-Hop's suspension. So, I'll go one win. Hey, it's NFL. I'll go one and one Cardinals at Tennessee, though. I'm chalking that up as a loss. I don't know who on that defense is going to stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, same. I got him 0-3. Broncos. I got him 0-4. I'll go 1-3. At Kansas City. Oh, uh, 0-5. Oh, 1-4. <laughs> okay. And then it looks like that there's a little bit more hope here. So then they got the bye week, week six. So I'm sitting 1-4. and four, You're sitting 0-5. Oh, Texans. We'll give them a dub. Okay. I agree with that. So I'm going... Shoot, I'm so bad at keeping track of this. So you're sitting at one and five. Yep. And I'm sitting at two and four. Okay. At Saints, I'm going to chalk that up as a dub. I will too. Okay. I'm sitting at three and four through two eight. And five. Week nine at Jacksonville, I'm chalking that up as a W as well. Same. I got them at three and five. I got them at four and four. So a little bit, they're very tough. First part of the schedule, it dips down a little bit. All right, then we got the Colts. I think that's a loss. I think so as well. We got them at three and six. I'm at four and five. At Denver again. I think they get this one. I'm going to go five and five. Yeah, I think they, uh, they're going to split with Denver, so I they got to get one. So four and six. Five and five for me. At Seattle, maybe the worst team in the NFL. Six and five. Ooh, the Raiders always have at least one stinker. Uh, I got to give them an L. Really? Four and seven. I'm at six and five. Chargers. Okay, so they're going to be six and six after that one. Yeah, I got it. Uh, four and eight after we sweep them. We're totally definitely going against our predictions that we've made in the past also, but <laughs> whatever. And then they're definitely losing against the Rams a week later. Yeah, so I got them six and seven. Patriots. Yeah, I, I got them four and nine. Four and nine. I think they beat the Patriots to get them to seven and seven. I'll give them a dub over the Patriots. Five and nine. I think they beat the Steelers also. I'll give them a dub over the Steelers. Six and nine. Eight and seven. And then Niners. I'm going to go eight and eight. I think that'll be a loss. I'll give them a dub. Seven and nine. And I think they finished the season with a win against Kansas City. I'm gonna go nine and eight. Uh, I'm gonna give them a W over Kansas City too because I, I think Kansas City will be resting their players. That's what I'm thinking. Eight and nine for the Raiders is what I have in 2022. I got them at, at nine and eight, but I mean, what the fuck do we know? This could change a lot. We don't uh, know. Either way, either way, you shake it. Not a playoff team. No. Nine and eight's not going to get you in. Not, I mean, not with that kind of schedule. And like I said, if nine and eight gets the Raiders in, so many things are going to have to go right for them that they can't control. Meaning, it would have to be a year like this last year where it's like there's six, you know, like six teams that could potentially get those last couple spots in the last couple weeks. It was fucking 
insane this last offseason or this last season. I haven't seen, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have to take like something like that and back to back years or just every time they lose, like they would need everyone else in contention to like drop a game too. Um, sure. So, yeah, I just don't think nine and eight. I'm looking on the positive side. If I'm looking at your predictions, still don't, I just, it's not enough. Yeah, I don't think so either. But who knows? I think that they could definitely be a sneaky team, but just from what they're doing, what they have done. And I wish them nothing but the worst. I I gave them eight and nine. That I feel like that was me being I don't know why I was being nice, but I could honestly see this team going like six and eleven. Jesus. And I'm man. Not even joking. That's just mean. Dude, I mean Devontae Adams has not moved the needle that much for a whole roster. No, I know it he just, doesn't, but he just doesn't. And I mean, yeah, and like, but then like what we talked about, they're just not deep in the areas that they should be deep. New coaching scheme on both sides of the ball. There's like almost no continuity. There's the new general manager, which I know that doesn't really fucking matter, but just to highlight my point of there's not a lot of continuity pretty much anywhere in that building. Um, Outside of Derek Carr, yeah, you know, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I just think that I don't think that their off-season moves should go unnoticed. Um, no, they shouldn't. Um, and like I said, I mean, was every Charger fan kind of low key like, God damn it, really? When the Devonte Adams news broke, like, yeah, for sure. Like, you never want to see a top three, top two wide receiver go to your division rival. Um, so, you know, that was, that was one thing, but overall, um, I'm going to go back. I'm going to circle way back to the beginning of the episode. So that way we can wrap this up. But what I was saying, it's not so much the Raiders getting worse. It's just everyone else got so much better. And because of that, and because of now that I've had a chance to dissect their roster a little bit, um, I think eight and nine, nine and eight is very realistic. And I think that's where they end up somewhere in there. I'm going to write that down. And uh, this will be fun to kind of keep track of at the end of the year and be like, oh, how did I do? Yeah, I probably should have kept more of more of uh, track or remember more of uh, who I had losing to who so then I can keep it consistent in the future. But that sounds like a later issue. So you can always go back and listen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh. All right, man. Well, with that. Uh, we finished up episode one of our AFC West team preview. We covered the Las Vegas Raiders, and um, some good things were said. Not very many things at all, actually. But um, it's going to be a scrappy team, and uh, they're still going to finish at the bottom of the division. Certainly hope so. Certainly believe so. And yeah, with that, we will be back with our third team in the division and yeah fuck yeah. Raiders that's all we got yeah we will drop uh, who we think is going to be uh, who's going to finish third place in the AFC West on our next episode uh, it's going to come out Friday the when's Friday when's Friday Friday the, calendar. the 20 22nd 22nd Friday the 22nd, we will have 
the uh, second episode of the AFC West preview out. Um, you can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, and you can go back and listen to some of our previous episodes if you haven't been able to catch those. We're on every platform, and we would greatly appreciate it if you guys checked us out, left us a review, and don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Powder Hour Pod LA. You can follow along for all the latest news and updates about the pod. But with that being said, we are out of here. Real quick, Peace. Real quick, real quick. Old fam, we've only got eight more weeks. Trust us. We'll get through it. I want football more than anything in the world right now, but we'll do it. So with that, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.